0: Life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my Growth Lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com.
1: You were made to think
0: big, too big, big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the word overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Big,
1: big. You've tuned in to the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchba.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
0: Now, God worked unusual miracles. This is incredible language by the hands of Paul. Miracles were so common in Paul's ministry that that the the, the Holy Writ categorized them as common and uncommon. Imagine that. I mean, miracles aren't supposed to be common. But the reality is it was so pervasive in in that that culture, and God was moving so powerfully. It's like, well, yeah, it's normal for God to heal, but it's not so normal for someone to walk on water. You know, it's normal for this, but not normal for that. And, And this was the environment of the old church. It's absolutely amazing. Verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from the body of the sick... Or to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Uh, the, the, the issue was, and this is what it looks like, at least to me, that Paul couldn't physically minister to everybody. You know, there's just too many people. He couldn't be in one uh, two places at the same time. So God improvised, and God just provided a, a miracle way for him to reach more people uh, without him having to be at everybody's house. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, watch this, took it upon them what? Cells. Cells. You know, it's never a good idea to take upon yourself to do something just because somebody else is doing it. Yeah. This was what was happening here. They took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Now they, they lipped the same words, but it wasn't the same in their heart. To call on the name of Jesus over those who had healed evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. See, the problem was Jesus was just another name to add to the religious category, uh, catalogs of incantations and, and formulas. It had no real meaning in the heart. That's why one person can can say Jesus and it means one thing, but but you, say, well, not you, the person next to you, say Jesus, and absolutely nothing happens. The issue has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with what's going on in your heart. God is powerful. And everyone who calls from their heart on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. Normally, when demons were cast out, they just leave, but not this one. And the evil spirit answered and said, "Sons of Sceva, well, uh, Jesus, I know. It's scratching the head." all I know. But who (laughs) are you? You see, in that text we were reading in Samuel, Moses, God knew. Joshua, God knew. But this Hophni and Phinehas, you hear what I'm saying? Your leadership, by the way, matters. Watch what happened. Verse six. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them. Now in the past, demons were running from the apostles. Now you have demons jumping on the exorcist, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. Now that's a very polite way of saying they received a beatdown of a lifetime. That's <laughs> exactly what happened. So they fled out of the house, naked and wounded. You see, they were playing church. See, they were playing with God. See, see, they, they put on a form, but on the inside, you hear what I'm saying? And because of it, they ran away embarrassed, battered, and bruised. Here's something I know. When pride and presumption go before you, Shame and loss are closely behind you. And all we've read about today is a sin of presumption. Samson presumed because God did it yesterday, he'd do it today, even though his heart was far away. The Israelites presumed if God did it in one generation, he'll do it in mine, even though I don't believe the same way they believed. In this situation, the sons of Sceva presumed well, if Paul can do it, I must be able to do it. All of these events happened because people felt entitled, because people presumed upon the holy. It's vital that we not only watch what other people do, but have a personal relationship with the one whose name we call on, and that it's a heart thing, you know, not just a form that moves us into our behavior. First Samuel 4 and 8. Let's get back. You learning something from the word today? So Philistines, they said, man, this ark is out there and, you know, they understand idols and they assume it's an idol. And by the way, you know, the the Israelites were acting just like the Philistines and and in the flesh. So, you know, it shouldn't be surprised that those watching got a little bit confused and they were like, wow, you know, uh, this idol did great things in the past. So, you know what, Uh, the same thing could, could happen to us again. He said this. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods in the plural? Meaning, they, again, they, they thought it was just one amongst the, the many gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Now, here's the deal. Their fathers had established a very, very powerful track record. I mean, their testimony had grown all over the Middle East. But the Philistines didn't understand that this generation, they got it twisted. And because of that, they were frightened. But, but, but let's keep reading the devils or, or, or the Philistines actually encouraged themselves in their devil. You know, we supposed to encourage ourselves in the Lord. But they actually encouraged themselves in the devil. They said to each other, be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. You see, no self-respecting demon is going to leave your house, your family, your body or with just a little bit of religious hocus pocus. You have to understand the demons arrayed against you have a lot on the line, too, because they know if, if you have victory over them in your life, you're going to tell somebody it's going to pack them. So, so, you know, listen, it's like, listen, if we lose, we're going to have to submit. And the devil knows if, if he loses, he's going to have to submit. So he's not just looking for a little bit of church ease. He wants to see that you have genuine faith. He's looking for the real article in the lives of you and I. They continue, conduct yourselves, be men, and fight. You see, Satan will fight. Until you prove that you are for show, that you are for real, that, that this thing is not your mom and daddy's thing, that this is not because you were born in a Christian household. This is because you have a personal relationship with God. The only language Satan understands is authority and power. He is not kind. He will not leave because he feels for you and he sympathizes. He only understands brute force. So, even though this was the God of heaven and earth, the Philistines fought. Even though you're dealing with the almighty God in your life, the demons will still fight. But Watch this. So the Israelites fought and Israel was defeated. Here's what I need you to see. God is more, he's not more concerned with his reputation than him teaching us to walk right before him. You see, okay, culture's changed. This is not my recommendation. Matter of fact, I I don't recommend this. But, But God was like the parents of old, who would snatch their misbehaving child, right in the middle of the grocery line. <laughs> handle business, then look at security like what? <laughs> now, I'm not saying you should do that. But we have a God that will handle his children. He don't care who's watching or what you might think. That's important. So God let them lose even though it made him look bad. Stay with me. And it gets worse. And every man fled to his tent. There was a great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. 30,000 people died because of presumption. Presumption is not a light thing. It will get you killed. Watch this, though. Also, not only did 30,000 people die, the thing that represented God's honor, glory, his presence, the symbol of God's person, the Ark of the Covenant was captured. How could God let this happen? What would the unbelievers, the non-believers think? I have said that to God I said, Lord, how have we lost truth in just one generation? How has the church gone into hiding in just one generation? How, God, have you let this happen, God? What about your name? What about your honor? What about your glory? But let me tell you something about God. God will whip his children yeah. and not care what the world think about it. And right now, the church is under discipline. And until we are found on our knees once again, until we get in our heart what the mother generation's had in their hearts, we're going to continue to experience what we're experiencing on this globe. Well, said so the ark of God was captured, and I was like, God, why? God, how? God, you look bad. Let me tell you something. God is incredibly patient. He sees the end from the beginning. It's like, man, this is just temporary. But son, I'm not going to let what what other people think stop me from being a good parent. Stay with me. The ark was captured. But here's an upside. And this doesn't sound kind, but it's true. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. You see, God is patient he knows trouble won't last forever you see the issue was not that god lost his power it's the people lost their devotion so what he had to do is wait for the corruption to die and let me tell you something god can wait you out (laughs) remember the children of israel that came out of bondage god got so frustrated with that, that that generation he said listen you will not enter, you will not cross this Jordan. you will not go into the promised land until everyone in that generation dies. The only one that's going to survive is Joshua and Caleb. You see, God didn't panic when people didn't believe. He just waited. God's not panicking today because we don't believe. He just waits for another. Stay with me In fact, 1 Samuel 1, let, 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 let's just scoot on. Let, let me just tell you this. How many of y'all heard of Voltaire? Okay, five of us. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole point. Voltaire was a great philosopher. You know, a French philosopher, you know, statues up everywhere. And uh, Voltaire spent his life criticizing the church, criticizing the Bible. And he, he made this, this, this arrogant statement. He said, in 50 years, because science was progressing and, and things were changing in the world at that time, in 50 years, the church will no longer exist. People will no longer be interested in God. He will be debunked in a thing of the past. But guess what? 50 years after the death of Voltaire, he was dead. Christianity was surging and in spite of his prediction the Geneva Bible Society leased his home and began to print Bibles to send around the globe now here's the deal no one reads Voltaire anymore y'all do know who he is but everyone still reads the Bible And the point I want to make today is God doesn't need our help as much as we might think. Stay with me. Even when we fail, he's still on the throne. 1 Samuel 5, verse 1. Then the Philistines. Is it too hard and you to be in a word this this much? You good? All right. All right. Then the Philistines took the ark of God. And brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. This was Philistine ter- territory. And, and all the, the Philistines were whistling as they went, man. They, they, they defeated God, you know, the universe. And, and they felt their God was, was triumphant. When the Philistine took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon. How many of y'all know that's a Dagon mistake there? <laughs> well, well, Dagon was a man from the waist up, a fish from the waist down. So it was kind of like a, a mermaid, Or a man made, if you will. And that was just the point. He was a man made God. And they set it up right in front of Dagon. So the Ark of the Covenant was placed like a trophy in Dagon's temple. And it, it was all done to illustrate the supremacy of this false God. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, God decided to arrange the furniture. God looked at Dagon and said, Dagon, this this, ain't going to (laughs) work. Dagon it. (laughs) But I got up in the morning. There was Dagon. Falling on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. Now the, the ark was placed before Dagon. But Dagon it. Dagon ended up on his face before the ark. The whole point is, even without us, God knows how to handle himself. His truth will keep marching on, period. I don't care what the church does, doesn't do. I don't care how many are for us or against us. God is still God. I want to add, now he have Dagon before his face, you know, on his face, worshiping actually, uh, giving, you know, uh, honor to the Almighty and all God's people were backslidden. But this is what, what, what we need to know as we face issues in the world today. God is not surprised by our circumstances. He is not limited by geography or threatened by competition. He doesn't need a human being to protect him. Dagon need the Dagon help. They had to come and prop Dagon back up. But many of us, we trying to prop up God. God don't need your Dagon help. He's not Dagon. God is God. You hear what I'm saying? And even if the United States of America melted off the face of the earth tomorrow, God would raise up another. He's still God. He's still God. And his truth keeps marching on. So they took Dagon and set it up again. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon. Dagon it. Falling on its face to the ground. Before the Ark of the Lord. It's the second time. That this Dagon is prostrate before the symbol of the God of Israel. My Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. I don't care who the next Pope is. I don't care what the mainline denominations are doing. God is still God. But the second day, God added a bonus just to make a point. This time, the head of Dagon and both the palm of his hands were broken off on the threshold. God said, on it, I had enough. (laughs) In this supposedly empty room, the language here, you don't see it as clearly in this New King James Version. The language used is for arms that have been clearly severed off in a head that had been cleanly cut meaning this was not just a matter of some earth you know quake and it fell down and shattered all over the room that's not what happened god with laser like focus <laughs> cut off the arms and the head and actually the, the next verse we're not going to read it it goes on to say that the arm and the head were left on the threshold meaning god had contempt What he did is he cut off the head and arm and neatly put it on the altar. So this didn't fall down. This empty room, this didn't just happen. In this empty room, God showed up and very neatly, just like with Jesus, it said that the shroud on him was neatly folded, meaning that that he wasn't in a rush and, and, and this was not, you know, someone coming to rob a tomb. So God cut off the head. And very neatly and politely is like, well, here's your God now. The head of Dagon and both his palms were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. And the point God wanted to to make here today is real simple. And forgive me if it's not flattering. I, I really don't intend to hurt your feelings, but I do want to be true to the Word of God. Here's a fundamental message. God does not need your help. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need to be defended. He doesn't need to be protected. You need to be defended. You need to be protected. All he wants you to do is say what he says, believe what he says, said, but we don't have to explain him. We don't have to. God knows how to make a point when he wants to make a point. And what he did was crystal clear. And sometimes we make just a little bit too much of ourselves. And the reality is, you know, some of them daggone false gods will need to be propped up. But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God creator of the heavens and earth, doesn't need human help. His kingdom is not cut out and made from man's hands. What I'd like you to do as stuff goes on in your family, stuff goes on in the world, I want you to relax. I want you to Breathe. It it might look bad, it might look like God's name is being slandered, but God's got it.
1: You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.